step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I could hear you. All right. I'm having problems. It's not passing audio through the um, the video program. So I'm going to put up. Uh... What? One stream? Oh, I paused uh... it. I have to go uh, unpause it. On one stream? What? We're not doing one stream. Okay. No, I just didn't know if you were going to stop doing. What no, I'm gonna doing. keep on. Uh, I'm gonna keep the what we have up, and I'm just putting. In you're stuttering. Your your voice. Your mic is breaking up. Now. Yeah, I don't. It says technical difficulties, Joe. You are breaking up. Really bad. <clears throat> I'm going to step back and try to fix these problems. Okay. I don't understand this. I mean, we I were looking so good. Yeah. I think OBS It's got to be uh, Blog Talk Radio. That's the only new thing that you've no, added think, into this. I think OBS did an update and... Oh, All right, give me a second here. Okay. We have we have no callers so. The only thing is Blog Talk Radio is recording all this and there's I don't know how to edit it. Um, maybe we should talk about some interesting stuff while he's doing this because we are recording on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So, um, what do you want to talk so, about tonight? Well, for, filler. For starters, for starters, for starters, we're we're experiencing some technical difficulties. That Blog Talk Radio is still recording this, so we're going to just chat for a bit and wait for our premier technician to 
come through with a, a, a solution that's going to wow us all. Um, so do you, do you want to talk about the topic at all? No, because then we'll just repeat it. So I see. Um, I see. Um, let's just talk about something else that's of great importance. <laughs> well, there's something. I didn't do that, did you? I didn't know. I guess he wants to have sound. Um, we've got some sort of video. It's not quite what I was expecting. That's interesting. What is that? It's us. Oh. But it, it's not quite right. And there is a delay. There's a big delay. Right now, I'm just putting the phone up. Uh-huh. I see. I see, yeah. Oh, to fit it out. So, um... So what have you been doing lately, Jill? Um... It seems like I've been traveling a lot, and I'm yeah, going. Up, I was in Indiana. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't think that was anything so great, but we were we went riding, and we actually found some beautiful locations. I mean, they weren't beautiful One, like two. here, but beautiful country. I mean, there were times I felt like I was riding here, and One, then I'm two. going up to Wisconsin in two weeks. Um, for a week, and I'm going to be doing quite a bit of riding up there too. Wisconsin, wow, cheese country. I've never been. I've never been to Wisconsin. Have you? Um, no, never have. No, I've, and I've been I might area, have to bring. Not there. I have to bring the dogs because I think because it's so close that I don't really have time to get a dog sitter. Um, so I put a post on Facebook. You know, do any of my shows dogs friends? you know, have uh, crates I could borrow. And sure enough, somebody who um, actually contacted me last year to get a puppy from Paris when I breed her, it lives in Wisconsin, a, you know, like an hour and a half, two hours away. So she's going to lend me crates. Nice. Yeah, so things are falling into place. So I'm excited because I've never been to Wisconsin. So what have you been up to? Have you been? How's your bike first and foremost? Bike is is very good. Um, the the uh, the road king is is working fine and fast faster than I can tolerate. <laughs> it's, it's very very fast. Really? Yeah. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm when I'm in high revolutions and I womp on it, the thing just it's hard to hold on to it. It's so fast. It feels like so, it's going to lose contact with the with the asphalt. <laughs> So a friend of mine gave me some uh, suggestions for some bikes. A Kawasaki Z650, which is a really pretty looking bike. Okay. Yeah. I get um, it. You know, I want a smaller bike to start with. Or this is the new 2022 Z650 50th anniversary. Maybe that's the same thing. Uh Heritage Firecracker, red color. I don't like um, special textured seat leather, red colored wheels with silver pinstripes here. Oh, yeah. I'm not big on red, though. And then this one is a 2022 W800. 
That's a, what, is that a Kamikaze Hillsville? Kawasaki? Kawasaki. Yeah, see, what I said is that I want something about the size of a Harley Sportster, but yeah. not a, but a different brand. Well, how many you know, one that I'm more, more, one that I'm more used used to, like quieter bikes. Uh, how many CCs is that? Uh, now this one, I'll I'll look that up in a minute. This one is a Yamaha, and it's a a Z. Oh, it's a, a Bolt R spec. And believe it or not, it's a V-twin engine, but it's a different kind of V-twin engine than a Harley. I was asking him about it. I said, isn't a V-twin a Harley? He said, this is no. different. I thought no, it was. So. No, they, Harley makes a lot of V-twins, but that's not all that they make. And other bike makers make V-twins also. But the, the trick is, what's the angle of the of the Bingo. He said it. He told me the difference, yeah. but I don't remember what he said, but uh-huh. he did tell me the difference. So this one, you can see how light it is, gets 51 miles per gallon. That's got to uh-huh. be a light, light bike. Yeah, probably. Or else it's so, a very powerful bike. Well, I think he told me, because one of these he told me I could get right up the roadway here. <laughs> It'd be no problem. He's got like a he has a Goldwing, but he also has a KLM or something. I forgot. So. He says he yeah. could go is that on the whole any. Distorted guys? No, you sound good. You sound that... good. Not breaking up. Oh, oh you just did break up. Is it breaking up? One, two, one, two, one. A little bit. One, two. The end of it breaks oh. up. One, two. Button. Wait, breaks up. It's breaking one, up. Yeah, it's breaking two, up. Two, one, two. Testing, testing, testing. One, two, one, two, one, two. Checking, Sounds one, two. Sounds good. One, one, two. Yep. That's better. All right. Uh, well. And one, two. Sounding one, right. One, two. Oh, Is that clean? Up. Is it clean? Breaking nope. up. Breaking up. One, two, one, two. Testing, one, two. The video Check is distorted, one, two, though. Do you see the video? Yeah, I'm working. Oh, okay. You're one, still two. breaking up. You're, You're really breaking, breaking up, up. You're really breaking up. All right, I'll try dialing back in there. Um, I think the audio is good to go. Can you take the intro? I can't the, get um, you. Can't get you. Uh, I'm going to try. Can you He's read the dial intro? dial back in. Yeah, read my part, and I'll try dialing back. Jim, would you read okay. the intro? Okay. Okay. Good evening and wait, welcome should, to our... Wait, should we wait, start the music again? In the beginning. Yeah, let's do the intro um, intro first. Just All give right. me a countdown so I can get the video. All right. Okay. So, um... Okay, and we're live. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca.
Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future on our new day and time. This is Season 7, Episode 5, and today is Saturday, April 30th. Tonight, we're discussing attachment styles in adult relationships. By the way, did you know that today is Beltane? No, I didn't even remember that. That's right. And actually, there is a special, today is a solar eclipse, so, um, and a new moon. So this is a very powerful day, extremely right. powerful day. So tonight we're discussing attachment styles in adult relationships, possibly a key to finding and keeping love. Ah. I am your host, Jim Elkin, alongside our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin. No, I just <laughs> Paul's our host, but right now he's committed to solving a technical issue that we're having, so uh, we're waiting for him to come online, and I'm doing the intro for him. So, uh, and also, our resident psychic uh, extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine, is here. She is also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. We can all be reached at radio show at ladyfontaine.com if you'd like to. All right, babe, thanks. Um, If you're interested in personal readings or healing, or if you have any topics you would like us to address, email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for our show topic, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or life coaching session with Lady Fontaine. If you would like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give our call screener your real email address as opposed to the bogus one so we can keep in touch with you. Call us at 319-527-6216. That is 319-527-6216. We'd love to hear your stories about life and relationships. Call us, Lady Fontaine, and her team of experts. We are waiting for your call. Uh, Since we are streaming video on YouTube, Facebook, and for those who do not know, uh, James Elkin is our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Uh, Paul is our technical expert. Paul can't say hi right now. (laughs) And our lovely psychic relationship expert and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she is the pretty one with the pink headphones without the beard. <laughs> so we're both waving now. If you miss the show, you can find us at Eye on the Future Radio Show on YouTube and Facebook, or listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other pro- podcast platform. We've got a jam-packed show tonight. We will do our best to get every caller in uh, on the air to ask there are questions. If you do call in, you will still be able to listen. If you do call in, You'll still be able to listen to the show while you're on hold, waiting to be put online. Paul, look into the camera. (laughs) Paul, look. Oh, God, you don't read that part. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can make it a different color. (laughs) Before we get started, I just wanted to, to give everyone a gentle reminder that since we don't select general questions to get on the air, um, since this radio show is live streaming and we have many, many listeners, we select callers with the most interesting questions that many of our listeners can relate to and learn from. Your stories are often similar to ones that others are going through, so callers with an interesting question and story are more likely to get on the air. Lastly, please follow us on Block Talk Radio or social media or subscribe to be notified of our new shows and leave us comments. Now, since this show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. But before we dare, <laughs> I am anxious. Start. Oh, before we start, I am anxious to hear all about your new psychic matchmaking service. 
All right, oh before, we, before <laughs> I talk about that, can you talk, since you brought up it, that it's Beltane, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, Beltane is the start of summer. And in, uh, if you read in uh, 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 The Golden Bough, uh, which is a, a very old book about cultures and t- traditions and, and rituals that are performed in different societies all over Europe. Um, he talks about how there are a lot of very interesting things that are done on this day to help bring a provident new year. So uh, one of the things is they'll start a bonfire. Another thing is that people will run through that bonfire and they'll also trying to drive their cattle over the bonfire as a way to purify them of anything that happened during the, the winter time and, and all the cold times. So this is really what was marked as the beginning of, of planting, you know, putting seeds in the, in the soil uh, and getting ready for the harvest. So how is that different from the summer solstice? Because a lot of that same thing with bonfires and um, sun-shaped type um, you know, symbols and sunflowers, and it also represents new harvests, new beginnings. So how is it different? Um, it's, it's different because it's really celebrating the very beginning of the planting season, if you want to look at it that way. So it's really the start of what we would call a summer season, whereas uh, the solstice would be the time when the sun is the longest right during the day, the sunlight is longest during the day. In the Northern Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere is the shortest day. Um, um, and that, that celebration is also a very old one, but this, this is a more European kind of a thing. There's two, there's two celebrations that are celebrated in this regard. One is Sal, uh, Beltane and the other is Salwain. Salwain or Salmane, depending on how you pronounce, uh, spell it. And what is that? Salwain uh, is Halloween. Oh, Salwin. I pronounce yeah. it Salwin. Okay. There's How do you pronounce it? There's How? different ways to pronounce it. Salwin and You're... Salmane. Anyway, <laughs> those are the two, two variations that I've learned. You're a linguist. You are a linguist, but I'm just yeah. trying to think of Salwin is the way I've always heard it pronounced. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Um, I, one of the things linguists are is very aware of the fact that there's a lot of different ways to pronounce things that are I very old. I doubt that. So <laughs> could you, before we go on, because I do want to talk about, obviously, uh, this matchmaking service as well as um, the topic for today. But this is a very important planetary alignment tonight because it is a solar eclipse and it is a new moon, I believe. And Jupiter is moving into something, and this is supposed to be an extremely <laughs> powerful day. I know you weren't prepared for this, but do you have any insight into what the heck is going on? Well, From a good been, perspective. It would have been good for you to give me a little more time. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to ask you. You're the one who well, brought up Beltane, so first, it made me think of astrological of all, things. All, all, all solar eclipses happen on new moons. So that's easy. Oh, bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Because the moon has to be new in order to be. (laughs) Right. But because now you have a solar eclipse on a new moon, um, it's, it, it lingers like new moons influences are typically what, you know, five to seven days or three to five days. This one is going to linger. 
I, I don't experience it that way. For me, new moons last until until the uh, full moon. It's a a, a new really? moon is a, yeah, it's more of an inner time for me, and and a full moon and and thereafter a, a wan, wait, sorry, a waxing moon is an energetic time. Things are getting stronger and stronger until the full moon, and until then until it wanes. And then it starts to wane, and at which right. point things become kind of dragged out. And the new moon happens, everything's going to... So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that explains it all. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for huh? the impromptu. What? Thank you for... What? what? You don't hear what? me? <laughs> thank you for the impromptu. I miss you. <laughs> for those of you uh, who don't you. know, when I was listening... On Zoom, waiting for waiting for anybody to show up. I hear this voice coming over. The, I miss you. I really I miss you. I don't know who that was. <laughs> and it was this whole conversation going on. It was like you were listening to television, but I couldn't tell oh. it was not someone else talking to me. It was like, oh, and I was just watching some show about ghosts and stuff and hospitals. And then I heard this creepy voice coming over the line saying, I miss you. And I'm like, well. Gee, I wonder if that's one of those or if that's just somebody's television. <laughs> I did not have the TV on. I turned it off before oh. I walked over here. Cool. I want to know who that ghost was. Al, <laughs> she sounded Al nice. Said, <laughs> oh, it's a female voice. Of course. Um, wow. I God. miss you. Maybe it was like some embodiment of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Were you missing me? <laughs> that was the end. That was the end. <laughs> So in any event, what I do want to just make mention, since you asked me about the psychic matchmaking service, so it's not new. I did start that about a year and a half or two years ago, and it's all done by hand. This isn't a computerized thing. Um, And I've had five clients, and I have five very, very successful matches so far. So what I'm doing now, I'm doing something new and different. So I am going to give people an opportunity, if they want to be in the database that I'm going to use to find the matches for my clients, they have the opportunity to sign up, and it's a very minimal amount of money to be in the database. But the one thing I do want to warn everybody is this isn't like, a, you know, one of the uh, dating apps or something. I mean, there are extensive questionnaires, but there are a lot of Zoom interviews with me because I'm reading energy and that's the only way that I do it. I mean, you could match perfectly on paper, but if I don't feel that that connection is there and I don't feel that chemistry with two individuals, it's not going to happen. So that part is different. There's going to be a link on my website. There's already a section that says matchmaking services and I'm going to have a link on there if you want to sign up and become part of the database. And again, there's no when you're when you're one of the want to be fixed up, you know, clients. Um, there's no guarantees. I mean, you know, I will review what you submit, but it all depends on what my client is requesting or wanting at any given time. Now, the interesting part of it is, and this is what. I think I've always known this, but it became very crystal clear to me, is that people go, especially the clients, they go into this thinking they know exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. But you know something? They don't. I could feel the energy. Mm -hmm. And then I start questioning people, and and they, oh, well, maybe. Uh, I never really thought about that, because what they're saying is not matching what I pick up energetically. So 
it's been a quite an adventure. And that's why I've only done five in like a year and a half because I'm spending so much time, but yet I'm matching like magic. I mean, this has been so successful and I'm so excited about it because the five relationships, they're steady and they're growing and things are going really, really well. So if anyone is interested, there is a section on my website. I'm still running the same introductory special I ran when I first started this service. Um, it's a fraction of what you would pay for any other service. And any other service isn't going to have a psychic really determining if this is the right person for you. And we take into consideration everything from, you know, really what they physically want a partner to look like to, you know, the the personality traits, but there's more to it. There's that esoteric piece that how, how many times, and this is a question I really want both of you to answer, how many times have you met someone and there's just been that magical connection? Several. At least three, five times in my life. And what happened with those relationships? Disaster. <laughs> explain that please explain that to me the the people i've met in my life that i've had that magical kind of soul yes. connection nonsense yes it's not nonsense you obviously well, in, didn't in have me there to evaluate it you were going on sexual Chemistry and connection. Oh, that was what it was. I was twenty. Yeah, so it was magic. <laughs> my, my my world shifted, but it only lasted for two weeks. That um, I always tell people: if it's based on sex, I give it five weeks. That's it. That's it. And usually, when it's very very intense like that, that's all it lasts, unless you have that very very deep connection. And I think you had something different than what I'm referring huh. to. But how, tell how do you me know, more how do you about know if it's based in sex? How do you know? How do I know? How does one know? How does one know? If I'm having a relationship, if you're having sex, then it's based on sex. No, no. If that's a very simple answer. What? What's your answer? If you don't talk about anything else. Bingo. If that's ninety percent, even even not even a hundred percent. If that's ninety percent of what you focus on, and you don't really get to know somebody, and I don't mean what their favorite color is or what their favorite movie is. Those are nice things to know, but those aren't the things that matter. Those true heart-to-heart conversations and really showing that openness and vulnerability is what makes the connection. So, Paul, honestly, those two-week relationships, did you have that? (laughs) I did. Did you have that? I I definitely did, yeah. We we had... um the uh, the all night talk we had the oh. magical um experiences like we there were, there were like spiritual things and all kinds of stuff that happened and it still only lasted 2 weeks so why do you think that happened um i you know if you want to look at like the big picture and you talk about destiny and and, and soul connections and all that um sometimes i guess in, in your present incarnation you might run into those people, but they're not meant to be your relationship this time around. So it's kind of like bumping into somebody on the train and it's like, Oh, you look really familiar, but it's not, you're not meant to go on the ride with them. You know, it's like, it's your, your spirit is supposed to be doing something else this time around. I think Um, because, you know, I was, I was in my early twenties. It's very confusing when you, when you meet somebody that you think is 
your destiny and you're meant to be and all that, you know, when you're feeling, when you're really young, you feel really romantic and you feel like a, you feel those things and then you get old and cynical and jaded and beat up. And then you're just like, ah, it's bullshit. <laughs> well, <Yep. laughs> what do you, what's the yup about? What were you going to say, Jim? Get, you I'm say getting old and beat up and, and, and jaded, right? Yeah. Jim and jaded, yeah. <laughs> this is I, how we know right here. <laughs> yeah. You know, the gray, the gray hair answers your question. Yeah, the gray hair and the chin. Experiences that, that make us bitter and cranky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I feel sorry. Well, I can for you I guys. can describe at least two two marriages to that. Neither right. of which lasted that lasted much more, much more than a year. Yeah. That so, had that magic, yeah. spiritual heart to heart connection. I wouldn't I wouldn't connect with anybody like that. But there's also a, a teaching that I ran across uh, that says that just because you're karmically connected doesn't mean it's going to be a great relationship. Right. Oh, I. I believe like what Paul had said earlier about like that soul soulmate or soul level type of connection. I believe those are the people we learn the biggest lessons from. And just right. because it didn't work out doesn't mean you didn't gain something very, very valuable from exactly. that experience. Yep. And that's what a true soulmate is. The soulmate isn't the person that you're going to live happily ever after with. I mean, that can be a soul level connection, but more but, often but, than not, but so what about amazing. Disney and what about what about what? all those stories and all the movies? Well, that's the problem. Your soulmate's supposed to be the person that you just magically connect with, and your life is bliss, right? And it doesn't work that way. It no, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But well, that must be but, why I got married so many times. <laughs> what you're you're continuing to look for that special magical connection, no. or you've been gone on it? I have it now. I have it with my road king. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God, do I love it. I know the feeling. I do know. And I have it, too. I have it with my challenger. With the gold wings. With my <laughs> yep. So, in other words, either two or four wheels is a perfect substitute for a relationship, according to us. <laughs> it's certainly can, a, it's a better ride. A lot more dependable. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it is a better ride, I'll tell you. It is. And it costs I, I have less, to agree too. with that. And it costs less, as long as you don't fall off. Are you guys ever cynical? Oh, my God. No, I'm very happy now. I'm, you know. I'm I know. You know. Recently married. I know. Yep. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, I'm very Even content. Uh, I'm yeah. happy to hear that because now you've been married, what, three months? Yeah, but we've been together going on eight years, so. Right. Yeah, it's different. So is anything di- I was just going to ask you, is anything different now that you're married? Um, a little bit, but not like in the other marriages where things radically changed and it was like, oh my God, like, no, it's, it's a little bit, um, um, if anything, it's more comfortable and it's more relaxed and, um, yeah, it's better. So (laughs) no, I'm glad to hear that. I am very glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad, uh, I'll never have to look again and I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I am glad to hear that. I'm glad. See, yeah, you know, it doesn't always work the first time, but, you know, as long as you yeah. find the person, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, 
So what is going on? How many albums do you currently have out there right now? And what are we watching? And for those that don't know, Paul is a musician. And why don't you kind of introduce yourself as far as what your band is? Yes. Um, this most recent project I'm involved with is called Drift Into Black. And this is the keyboard player from a band called Gray Skies Fallen that um, I saw about 22 years ago at this metal fest that I was playing um, with my other band, October Thorns. And out of 100 bands, this local New York City band was one of my all-time favorites. And I always loved them. And I got to play with them um, maybe 17 years ago. And uh, I, I wasn't able to stay in the band, but I stayed good friends with everybody. So when Craig left that band and started his own project, he called me up to play bass on it. So oh, wow. this is the fourth album I've done with him in as many years. He's very prolific as a writer. And we were picked up by an, a label called Black Lion out of Sweden. Okay. So this is a wow. science fiction themed um, concept album. It's about, uh, it's a kind of an archetype um, alien that comes to this world to observe. And it's the job of this alien is to destroy the planet, but he falls in love with this woman. What an idiot. <laughs> and he has to struggle with his duty uh, and his love. And so it's, it's a very interesting concept album. He just, uh, Craig just finished our first video for it and the album comes out in mid May. The other album is the October thorns album that another label picked up years ago and has been pestering me to complete the mixes on. I could never do the mixes justice because I was too too close to the music, so I could never feel like I did a good enough job on the mix. So I put the mix out to this guy named Alex Argento, who plays with a band called Ice Fish in Italy, and he did a phenomenal job on the mix. And that album also comes out in mid-May. So I've got two wow. separate albums coming out in the same month on two different labels. labels. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy, busy, busy time. I'm so proud of you. I am you. so, so proud. I mean, when you when we first met, I mean, you I thought you were kind of blocked and you didn't even know your own abilities. Yeah. Yeah, things just, the floodgates opened and things just, you know, start happening and you just, you run with it. You, someone t- throws you the ball and you just go, okay, here we go. <laughs> So do you ascribe this to any of the work that you've been doing with, with Lady Fontaine? Um, the personal work that we've been doing, I think, is, has helped unblock me in relationship and work stuff. I don't know if it's because okay. these, these other projects have been in the works. Uh-huh. So I don't know what has held them up, you know, if it was me somehow holding up the, the movement on them because I, That's I'm... That's how it works. That's yeah, exactly I don't I don't even works. know where I was holding them up if I was because for me drift into black I'm the the bass player and I just follow Craig's lead and mm-hmm. after three albums now that now it's really starting to move and it's like I don't know how I helped or hindered it but I'm just I'm glad to be along for the ride. <laughs> nice. We, every experience in our life is created just for us. So in other words, I remember when I, the first time I was ever in Margarita Island off the coast of Venezuela. It's a beautiful, I mean, back then it was beautiful. Now I don't know what it's like. But <clears throat> I was like walking around on the beaches and just enjoying the island. And my perception of it was this was created for me. 
the whole experience was my experience. And it's all your filter. It's all your perception and what you're ready for. How many times have you heard me say that to somebody, that you're only going to be able to experience what you're ready for? Otherwise, you're blocked. So you may not know or understand what shifted, but I do. I know. Well, whatever it was, keep keep it coming. <laughs> you did it. I didn't do it. Yeah. I just guided you. I'm, I'm ready for success. <laughs> and you, I think you're having it. I absolutely think you're. I feel very good about what's going on right now with you. Thank you. I do too. Good. Me too. <laughs> you're, you're going to be a part of it, Jim. You're, you're definitely yeah. going to be a part of it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, just leave me out of it. I'm going to get some violin lessons from from Jim. He's going to help me a little bit with with, uh, how to hold the bow. I thought you were going to talk about the mystery instrument like you did on Facebook. No, no, it's it's no longer. It's a five-string violin, and this is um, uh, my newest endeavor because I have another band that offered me a a tour of Europe in in July. So I want to get ready for this. Um, I have three months. So, so you couldn't have just, you know, said, I know a violist. <laughs> Do you want to play doom? <laughs> you want to play doom metal in Romania? <laughs> uh, I've got earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being looked at as the keyboardist, and then there are some uh, symphonic samples of violin that okay. I wanted to add the visual of me playing. So it's it's very simple parts, but it's a very, as Jimmy, as you know, it's a very difficult instrument. Yeah, so sure. Even though it's simple, long strokes, it's like getting a good tone, and yeah. I have my work cut out for me. You do. I don't, I don't have to play classical music, but I have to play. I know. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I know right. where you're at. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know how the floodgates open. Maybe we should do a show to explain that concept about being blocked. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. Because I think everyone is, and they don't oh, know why. definitely. And that causes definitely. a lot of frustration and anger and, you know, problems in relationships because people feel impotent and they can't. One of my recurring dreams was getting into physical fights with people, and I would punch, and I, my, my, my hand would go so fast, and then it would slow down like going into, like, jello. And I couldn't oh, connect gosh. my punches. And I was the frustration of that, of not being able to connect the blow was great, like great image. Wow. Oh, that used Good to, metaphor. that was my, my recurring nightmare. And uh, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> All right. So I think we're going to do that about, you know, dealing with blockages. Why are we blocked or how do you get unblocked? I think yeah. that's, that's the topic. How do you get unblocked? I mean, everybody's different, but, um, you were carrying around some things that had you very shut down. And then yeah. once you opened up and you were vulnerable to yourself, that's the moment. Yeah, that's those the moment some, that things shifted. Yeah, that's pretty intense uh, work we did. And again, I highly recommend, and I have a lot more work to do still. I'm just kind of recovering from what we did. <laughs> well, you know? it's working, so... I mean, there's nothing to recover from. You're doing great. Yeah, but I have many, many more of those um, experiences to to go through. Um, For people that don't know, with the the personal work and the life coaching that um, I did with Lady Fontaine, um, it takes a lot of um, 
energy. It takes a lot of emotional energy to go through that work because it's stuff you don't want to look at. It's stuff you don't want to relive. Um, but once you find a way of um, releasing uh, that, whatever you're holding on to, um, it, it's remarkable. It really is. You know, I had an experience myself the other day that I'm actually going to share um, because it was a big eye opener for me. And Jim has known me a long, long time. So I think he could probably see the patterns where this would fit in in my life. But I was doing inner child work, which is basically what I do. I mean, there's various techniques in doing inner child work. But the visual that I got in this particular instance was almost like being in a cave. And there was like this endless flow of water that was just constantly washing away on me. And there was no roof and there was no flooring. And it was like a tidal wave of water, but it wasn't water. It was money and money and gold and diamonds. But I could never hold on to anything because I was barely able to breathe. You know, it was happening. It was just washing away so fast, coming in and drowning me and then washing totally away. So um, I then called in uh, some archangels that I work with, and they put a, you know, like a huge umbrella or something and stopped that flow. And then somehow a floor got there. And then I said, whoa, look at all this money and diamonds and gold. And Archangel Michael said to me, or the, the two, I had two archangels there. They said, take, take what you want or trust that the flow will continue. Mm. And that was a hard thing but I knew I had to this time trust not take everything that was there because that will run out one day and then I'm going to be back to square one Mm -hmm. and in that moment I decided I am going to trust this this process and that there was a huge shift that occurred in me in that moment and it was also like seeing every experience where I grabbed at everything that I could, material, you know, material things. And eventually you lose it all. And where yeah. am I, and where did that leave me? So this time I chose to actually, so we'll see what happens. Great. Great. Yeah. So should we get to our topic? <laughs> we can. Do you want to start it or you want me to start it? Oh, you can start it. It's got your name on it. All right. Oh, all right. So let me see where we are here. Okay. So the topic for tonight is attachment styles. And I really, the relationship attachment styles. And I I really wanted to do this show for a long time because when I'm working with people, either with life coaching or doing psychic stuff, um, again, it was what I was talking about before, that I could feel if the two energies are are a match or they're not a match. And this particular um, research into attachment styles is kind of putting into words this, it's like I feel energy, but I also feel the, um, sometimes the alignment of energies that, wow, 
this really works. This feels right. And then other times I feel like almost a cringe, like this can never work. So when I started doing research into these attachment styles, I kind of saw in words and, and actions what I was feeling energetically. It just kind of mm. really resonated with me. And what it's all about is science has identified first that um, adult attachment styles in relationships basically mimic the same kind of uh, attachment style that we had as children. And mm. if you grew up in an environment as a child where you were either ignored or um, uh, abused or anything like that, you have a reaction to that attachment. It's always the attachment with your primary caretaker. So if your primary caretaker did not give you attention, most likely you would have an avoidant or an anxious attachment style. So the attachment styles that have been identified so far, and this is, I'm going to tell you something very interesting about this, but the attachment styles are an anxious attachment style, an avoidant attachment style, a secure attachment style, and a combination of um, anxious and secure, I think, or avoidant. Um, it says here dismissive avoidant, which I don't know what that means, because dismissive isn't one of the two styles, three styles that you mentioned it's before. It's not. Some other, some other uh, researchers have given that dismissive. Um, uh, that must be it. It must be an anxious avoidant as a combination. I'm just looking to see because I don't remember off the top of my head. But um, I'm looking, I'm looking. Anxious and avoidant. So basically what the percentages are is 50% is secure, 20% is anxious, and 25% is avoidant. And then the remaining 5% is a combination of anxious and avoidant. But this is very, very interesting. There's many books about this. I happen to have the book um, by uh, Heller and Levine. Uh-huh. And uh, Heller, Heller's a, th- a psychotherapist and Levine was a researcher. Um, so they say that these are the four um, uh attachment styles and they have tests they have quizzes throughout the book and when i take the quiz my attachment style is one that's not listed here (laughs) i'm a combination i'm a combination of anxious and secure and there's no attachment style like that so i i don't know even what to say about it but What I do see is that so often in relationships, if you have, and they give a lot of examples in the book that I have here, they give a lot of examples on this. If you have someone, for instance, with an anxious um, attachment style and they're with another person that has an anxious or avoidant um, uh, relationship style or attachment style, it's never going to work out because that one party is always going to be anxious because the other person is also anxious or avoiding things. So how that would play out is, you know, simple things. Um, You know, you you start a relationship, the guy or the girl isn't responsive or doesn't call or doesn't respond to you or whatever that creates an anxious reaction in the anxious person. 
and an avoidant reaction because the person's getting close and they get afraid. It's sort of like abandonment. They get afraid and they start pulling back. So those kinds of um, connections usually don't work. But when you actually get into the attachment styles, there are very, very simple things that people can do to actually um, like smooth over those rough edges. Let's pretend for a minute that you meet somebody that you really feel is like a soul level connection and you really are very, very compatible in all ways except your attachment styles. So let's assume that you have, let's assume person A, the female, has the anxious um, attachment style and let's assume that the male has an avoidant. So the male is gonna you know, go through life not calling, not really showing his affection for the person. So what they say to do is that avoidant person has to truly step up to the plate and start being more attentive. And little things like texting or calling or, um, you know, sending an email message or leaving a voicemail message one or two times a day to somebody with an, avoid, with an anxious um, attachment style can change the whole dynamics of a relationship. So the books that are out there talk about the various attachment styles, and they also talk about how to, again, smooth out those rough edges, because you're not always going to find somebody with a complementary um, attachment style. The ideal thing is if you're <laughs> anxious or avoidant and you hook up with someone who's secure, that person's not going to be afraid to show his his or her affection. He's not so, going to be so, afraid. So, so I'm sorry. Let me break in. So I'm, I'm getting it that if I pay a lot of attention to an anxious person, they'll, they'll thrive with it. Yes. But an avoidance person would be really disturbed by it. Not necessarily. Um, I'd have to look that one up. That's actually a good question. Um, in theory, I think you're right because the avoidant person would tend to pull away. But if yeah. you have an avoidant and you have an anxious person together and they want to make it work, they have to make concessions. That oh, yeah. anxious person, <laughs> right, that anxious person would have to learn how to give space to the avoidant person, but the avoidant person would have to learn how to show more attention and or affection to the, uh, to the anxious person. Okay. So, I mean, and that's basically what it is. I mean, but avo really avoidant, people, avoidant people would tend to avoid that kind of contact. We'd rather just know that, you know, it's there and I don't have to worry about it kind of thing. Whereas an anxious person would probably need more reassurance. Yes, exactly. And I see that all the time in calls that I get from clients, either with life coaching or with psychic stuff. Um, uh -huh. You have a guy or girl pulling away, and you have the other one that's wanting more and more and more and more. And mm -hmm. normally, I would think that that really, you know, either the person is getting scared and, you know, isn't or isn't ready, but there are ways to maneuver, but both partners have to be aware of mm -hmm. the fact that they want to make their relationship work, and you have to be aware of your own your own personality yeah. type, and then yeah. be willing to make those concessions. Otherwise, right. it's a downward spiral, and you're going to go nowhere. What I found very interesting is that there's only 5% that were a combination of anxious and avoided. Mm -hmm. Honestly, with 
me reading people, I would say that's way wrong. It's more like 50%. I don't see that many secure people in relationships. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Oh. Paul's claiming <laughs> to be a secure. So let me hear what some of these secure type uh, things are that you do in a relationship. Um, in terms of specific actions that we yeah, do how, together? No, um, like you're saying I'm secure in a relationship. What does that mean to you? I think where, where I found uh, the biggest problems with insecurity are usually when people aren't secure within themselves. So if somebody so – Let's say with with my wife now, her one of her exes um, would be critical of her because she knew more about football than he did. Something like that, where you're not really secure enough with yourself, um, so you 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 kind of get anxious when somebody is getting in your space of what you consider your uh, your expertise. So that's to me that's a sign of insecurity it is um, you know and but that's there's... an interesting angle paul right? i never thought of anxiousness in that way that somebody's um almost challenging you in a way and then you get um scared in a way and that causes anxiety i, right. I didn't think of it in that way that's yeah, that's you're, interesting you're an only you're an only child <laughs> me i have a brother you do I have okay a brother. yeah you do Older or younger? Way older, like seven oh, years older. Okay, so you didn't you didn't get like uh, mocked and made fun of as a child a lot. My brother and I were living separate lives. Huh. I mean, when I was when he was seventeen, I'm ten. You yeah, know, right. I mean, we didn't have a lot in common. And so, my parents were divorced when I was ten, and he went with my father. I went with my mother. Oh man. Yeah. So, you know. You didn't uh, really bond too much. Yeah. No. I mean, we've tried as adults, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's kind of, I find it very superficial. Yeah, I see. All right. So, so I'm, I'm bringing that up because, you know, if you spend a lot of time as a child being abused by your siblings uh, in a way that you're made to feel stupid and, and things like that. And then you find yourself in a relationship where you're, you're feeling stupid about something you're supposed to be the smarter person in, the, in a relationship about. Probably doesn't have that feeling about cooking. It's mostly football. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is, you know. Um, that's, that's a likely, likely domain for that kind of a reaction. Yeah. I I I, was, I didn't think of it in that way. I thought of it more from the perspective because this is what I hear constantly from men yeah, and yeah. women. They get very nervous and scared and anxious when they don't hear regularly from their partner. And if mm-hmm. somebody just needs space, I mean, space is an okay thing to yeah. have, but people with an anxious attachment style start getting overly anxious and then they're going to start acting out and the acting out is going to be ways for them to get attention. And it usually doesn't work out well when, no, you're, when you're needy like that. Right. It doesn't work out well. Look what happened to Amber Heard when she needed attention. What Who's happened? That? Yeah. She pooped in the bed. <laughs> Who, what? She pooped Who are we talking about? 
Johnny Depp's wife? Do you, oh. you haven't been watching the news? No. I watch no. a different news station. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Depp's wife accused him of abuse, and it came out in the trial that he's he's suing her for defamation. And it came out, all this crazy stuff went on in the relationship. And one of the things, she got upset with him and pooped on the pillow in the bed. <laughs> so, you know. I just thought that you should do that. I was going to say Tiara once did that. Right? Yeah, dogs and cats do that when they're unhappy with you, but yeah. grown-ups maybe, you know, shouldn't be. Not so much, no. Right? That's extreme. I, it's no, very I extreme. I, know. I haven't heard that. I mean, I, I get concerned when no, the normal response is that the man or woman goes overboard and either showers the other person with attention and or affection or gets very needy and comes up with things that will cause the per- or try to get the person to reach out to them or you know even if I, you pick a fight I imagine it's a way to get attention I imagine that an anxious person might also start to let their imagination go wild like oh, why sure aren't you do. paying attention right yeah. right right so then the suspicions start happening and private eyes and stuff like that right you know well not only that thing- The the sad thing about a lot of that, especially in younger relationships where somebody is insecure with their appearance or their weight or something of that nature, they don't feel like they're worthy to be in the relationship to begin with. Mm -hmm. So they're always on guard saying like, I can't believe this person is with me anyway, because I'm X, Y, and Z. And then, well, if you're not calling me because I'm, I'm not deserving this relationship to begin with, or if you're going out with your friends, you're cheating on me. So mm-hmm. that right. distrust, yeah. even if that the other partner is not cheating and that person loves the, the their person in the relationship, that distrust wears on the relationship to the point that it either destroys the relationship or it actually drives the other person to find somebody else anyway. Right. So that's that's been my experience, like with my friends and everything else, that the people that are the most insecure and the ones that accuse people of cheating, they end up destroying their relationship and driving that person away, even if the other person was solid to begin it, with. Right. Was innocent. After right. six months of that, you, they get so burned out that they're like, you know what? If you're going to, yeah. if you're going to accuse me that. of cheating, I might as well, because you think I am anyway. Right. So right. That, and again, this is usually in a younger, younger people in the, their early twenties that that nonsense will go on. Yeah. Um, and then when you get older, it's either you outgrow that or like you're saying, you, you understand stuck. that person's, you understand or that you person's stay. crazy and you right. just take care of them, you know, and if you find some right. way of or else always well, reassuring them. What do we always talk about? We talk about communication and right. see if that person who's anxious reached out and said, you know, I haven't heard from you all day and uh, it makes me so nervous or I I think all these horrible things or whatever it is. And if the other person cares enough and they understand the, the attachment styles that will trigger in the other partner, if they're secure or avoided that, Oh, you know, I need to pay some attention and that's a way to keep everything going, you know, in a good way. But that doesn't usually happen. What happens is that anxious person will either start accusing or start, um, 
you know, going into a depression or whatever it is. Right. And they're going to start acting out in some way that's going to trigger negative, more negative behavior yeah. from their partner. But in there's several quizzes in the book that I have on the attachment styles. And some of them, they dig in deep to how secure you really are. And one can of I, them in particular. Can I jump in real quick, though? I've got two examples of, of this happening in very early relationships, like within the first mm. couple of months. And one was with a woman that I said, hey, let, we should watch. She was into vampire movies and everything. And I was like, we should watch this vampire movie with Alyssa Milano because it's really hot and it's really sexy and blah, blah. She's like, I can't watch a movie with a pretty woman in it with you because I'm afraid you're going to be looking at her. Oh my and, God. That and I was is like, insecure. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship like that because right. my, my most successful relationships are with women that we can both look at and say, wow, she is gorgeous. Right. Cause, and I do it with men too. It's like, Oh my God, he is so, he's such a handsome guy. Like I don't have any issues like right. saying that person is beautiful. Wow. Um, and then it's like over with, but I'm not the, the type of person that will disrespect you on the street and stare at somebody else because that's rudeness. But right. if I'm with, if I'm with my partner and we're watching a movie, I, I can say, holy cow, she's gorgeous. And my partner will go, yeah, she is. And that's it. It's not like I want to be with her and not with you. It's right. just, you know, it, it's being a, a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. And then I no, had another I woman. I started dating and we were on Facebook and one of my friends from Germany, I met her once. We never had a romance or anything. She responded to one of my comments with a heart. And this woman that I just started dating was like, look, I don't want to be weird, but I just have to ask you, what's the deal with this, this woman? And I told her, it's like, well, she's one of the most prettiest women I've ever met. I said, but we never had a romance or anything like that. Never kissed her. Never. We're just friends. And she couldn't let it go. And after three or four days of me trying to reassure her crazy, she said, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, good. (laughs) I was like, good. Okay, we're done. And then she got mad at me for ending the relationship. And I was like, you said you couldn't do this anymore. And she meant, I I meant X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, if you're this insecure about a person on Facebook with a heart, we can't do this. Because at the time I had a four-year-old, like, I was like, there's no, I don't want this kind of crazy. Exactly. You know, you're, you're nuts. That's good. <laughs> and actually, I think at some point we should do a show about that because I can't tell you how many clients call me up in a state of total panic because a girl is talking to one of the, you know, her boyfriend or something right. on Facebook or, you know, doing things like hearts or acting flirtatious. I mean, you know, the real things that are going on in people's lives are not being broadcast on Facebook or any right. social media. They're not. When you yep. see all that flirting and stuff, that's, you know, either people wanting it or whatever. Because once it gets real, you don't need to broadcast it. You don't. Right. And 90% of the time, people don't. Yep. And what you're seeing on, on, you know, all this flirt, look at all the guys who, you know, all the motorcycle guys that are always say flirting with me i mean you know i think i think it's fun and it's it's fun it's nothing i mean i don't even know half of these guys nor do i really want to but you know um a lot of people take all this stuff very very seriously they do and so i'm sorry i I interrupted you when you were doing your 
your next step of your your talk. So please go go back to where you were. Well, I don't remember exactly where I was, but you were at your your second. I have a question. Uh, we, we've we've really dealt heavily with with anxious people. But what are what are the kind of the hallmarks of avoidant people? They withdraw, and they withdraw. You know, like that's their pattern. They will come closer, and then they will withdraw. And they, if you're aware of that, if you're an avoidant person and you're aware of it, you really have to dig deep into yourself and figure out what those fears are. It's usually fear-based, usually ties back to experiences in their childhood where they were either abandoned or left alone. I mean, you know, I, I, go ahead. Sorry. So, so I'm envisioning the kind of person who really comes out and really says, I really want you in my life and that kind of thing. And let's, let's get together and maybe even move in together or something like that. And then they disappear. They never come home. They, they're always doing something else. They're always hanging out with their buddies. Borderline personality disorder. I see that a lot. (laughs) I really do. And that's very typical. Those are people that want to marry you on the first date. They're ready. They, Mm -hmm. they whine you, they dine you, they seduce you, they do all this stuff. And once you buy in, you see the true person that they are. You'll see that with a narcissist and you see it with borderline uh, personality disorder. And there's a lot of, umbrellas under the borderline personality and, disorder and is that avoidance is that an avoidant type of phenomenon that you would see is that an example uh, of an avoidant i think type? it's avoidant anxious and um a lot of things it's it's everything okay. but secure because right. that person is insecure because an right. average person is not going to propose marriage on a first date or let somebody know that you're the woman or man of my dreams and you're the one i want to marry I hear this all the time from men and women, all uh-huh. the time. Okay. So and you know more... how long those relationships last? A few weeks, five, no, six weeks, and uh, that's it. Hopefully. But, well, yeah. I have had a client that got drawn in three times, and then mm. five, and I said to her the last time, "Don't come to me. I'm not helping Wait. you out of this. I'm not." Mm-hmm. I mean, because she knew it, she consciously went into it with. Full awareness, but she would she would buy all the lies, right. and yet she saw the patheticness of this guy who would like you know curl up in a ball and cry, you know about everything in his life, and he felt like such a failure. And he was a very very successful uh, attorney in a faraway state from where right. I live, um, right. but he was a mess. He was emotionally a mess. So, it, you know, you really need to look at each situation individually. That could be very sure. anxious, but most likely that's avoided. Because what do they do once they get you? They don't really want you. It's all that they have all this need. They think they want you. And so, yet when they get you, they, they throw you away. So what are more subtle uh, signs of an avoidant style? I don't think they're subtle. I don't. I uh, think it's always that kind of, you know. I think it's somebody who, who, I'm not saying that every avoidant person has a borderline personality disorder by any means, but I think there are some levels of abandonment issues that are present or some levels. If we take everything back to the childhood, which is basically what all the researchers say, 
that, you know, if you come from an environment where you're very nurtured and, you know, honored and respected, you're going to be secure. You're going to come from a pretty secure place. If you come from an environment where you're virtually left alone or you, you know, you're drawn in every now and then and then, you know, tossed away like yesterday's garbage, you're going to have an avoided personality, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, an avoidant attachment style. I don't think there's a mild avoidant. I don't. Okay. It, I, was just I think wondering the it. only way, I think the only way it would be mild is to have the awareness and that person to be willing to say, ah, I'm triggered. And now what do I do? Um, right. This time I won't walk away. And they, and they, they consciously don't. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of abandonment issues, and I, that's what I do, even though, surprisingly, I was not an avoidant. Uh, I didn't have an avoidant attachment style. I thought I would, but I didn't. I see. I had anxious and secure. Okay. And that's not on the list. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the list. But, you know, I, it's, it's, I, I, it sounds like mixing oil and water to me. I think think that, you know, like I'm still in the middle of my own um, work. Well, you're a a Gemini, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, that explains it. That dual personality. How can you be be anxious on one side and secure on the other? Easy. (laughs) How can't you be? But I think it's also where I am in the process. I mean, the more work I do, the more secure I, I feel. Right. With everything. One of the questions with what Paul was saying, one of the questions on one of the questionnaires was um, something about your appearance. Like, are you secure with your appearance? Um, And what do you think I put? Uh, you, you seem to be someone who's very interested in making sure you're making a good impression. Right. But I had to be honest. And I said no, because I think I'm getting older and there's like wrinkles there. And, you know, like, I'm I'm being, I all feel like that. I'm very, I know, very. What? <laughs> well, yeah, but look at you. You can grow a beard. I can't. I, I can hide all this stuff here. I'd be real happy. But women can't do that. Well, you you can grow a beard. You just your jobs are going to be limited to the the sideshow. That's right. <laughs> um, I I don't think I'm even able to grow a beard. But you know, I could go buy one and hide everything. But I mean, I've always thought that I was you know beautiful. But then now that you know you get older, um, because I said that to somebody the other day. I said I actually put down. I don't you know I have doubts because I am getting older. So, so, but they don't account for that. You know, normally yeah. I would say, um, yeah, that's one, down, of the problems like, I, that's one of the problems I have with these systems that try to make broad brushstrokes over people is that they don't account for a lot of things like age and personal evolution, things like that, uh, that change people. It's like I, I've changed, I've taken, taken a lot of stuff out of my life that I was raised in. Uh, and, and done a very good job of becoming a much more that person I want to be because of that. Whereas, you know, maybe other people don't. And so maybe you're talking more to them than me. I don't know. Just, well, no. you know, like you had asked the question before, is there like a mild avoidant? And yeah. where I think that that would balance out is if you have an avoidant person along with a secure person, then mm-hmm. 
then they're kind of like drawn out of it because the secure person isn't going to buy into, oh, you need yeah. some space, go have it. And yeah. after a while, that avoiding person is going to get tired of avoiding and start because they're dealing with abandonment issues. They're going to start wanting the attention. So exactly. that's actually what they recommend in all of this is that if you do have an avoidant or an anxious style, attachment style to ideally be with somebody who has a secure uh, attachment style that will balance out and sort of create that more neutral place rather than being in that more extreme place. Because if you have anxious with avoidant, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. It's not going to work. Yep. No. So we do have a caller on um, Sandy who has, um, uh, quite a, a journey with uh, a lot of different relationships and may be able to give some insights into her personal uh, attachment styles that she's had. Um, she had one specific question about um, music and she's wondering if she should take lessons or do it online. So do you want to give her a shot and see if, you know, we sure. can uh, yeah. get some, some personal you know, experience? Sure. Someone besides ourselves. <laughs> Sandy, you are on with Eye on the Future. Hi, Paul. Welcome, I got a lot of background music here. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, if you if you can find a quiet place in the uh, the house, and try not to try not to use a speakerphone. Try to use you. Okay, I can't hardly hear you, but. I, I'm trying really hard some new musical things and got a saxophone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know it's a crazy background, but um, I'm really into trying to learn the saxophone and my, I can do what? Oh, Paul, we didn't, we didn't hear you're, you. You're skipping out. We didn't hear you. You're really trying to learn. Okay. The I'm trying. And I'd like to learn how to play. And my fiance wants me to look online where I'd like to get actual lessons. Uh-huh. And it's just, I don't know, give and take all the time where he wants me to do things myself and I want help doing it. I would uh-huh. say you're right. Sorry. I yeah. I feel you're right. And we have to. Yeah, I'm trying to learn here. things, but, you know, he wants me to learn by myself. Whereas he wants he Why? wants me to learn by myself, and I Why? want others to help me learn. I right. I guess I'm one right. of those people that needs that affirmation, needs no, to know that they're doing right. well. You're right. For you, and you're right. And with just him being that person, it doesn't cut it for me. So, Sandy, um, I had a violin teacher when I was in high school who wrote his dissertation on learning music, uh, learning to play a musical instrument. Can you hear me, Sandy? Sandy? I think she's got a bad connection. I can't hear. Oh, this isn't good. No. (laughs) Well, could she call back? Uh, Yeah, let's have a – can you call back in and we'll see if we get a better connection? But, Jim, keep on going with your your explanation because – Okay. So the the story is that – 
if you're if you learn an instrument wrong, it'll take you twice as long to unlearn that and learn to do it right than it will if you just learned it right the first time. So you have to unlearn and then relearn. That was the way his dissertation went, and that's the way he explained it to me. So, and I would be very curious to find out why her boyfriend doesn't want her to get the help that she really needs. I mean, just that conflict, which is typical of attachment styles. I mean, I, I don't know where to class them here, but I, I mean, she feels she needs help. And yeah. where is he coming from to tell her, no, don't you know, do but it online? It's not so much just the help thing. But when, you, when you're learning an instrument, you're learning all of the different particulars about technique. And if you learn it wrong, it's going to take you twice as long I agree. to unlearn it. And right. second, second of all, when you're learning something online, no one's listening to you and watching you make your mistakes to say, that's wrong. Don't do that. Do this. Right. And in the, in the beginning, more than any time, that's when you need it, when you're first getting started. More than I any agree. time learning a musical instrument. Right, so, yeah. and I'm wondering why she's allowing her boy, when she really does, I can feel in her energy, she really wants help, and she yeah. feels like she needs the help. So, you know, um, I, I hope she does call back. Is she calling back, Paul? Yes. Um, All right. I think in, in general that the feeling I'm getting from the call is that this uh her fiance is trying to encourage her independence uh-huh. so and he's also a musician so i think he's trying to let her know that he supports her that y- you are capable but uh-huh. like jim is saying here too like i i play saxophone as well and for me it's great that i um i learned everything i could from youtube videos because you watch them over and over again and you get a sense for um, your embouchure and your breath and all these other things. Um, YouTube's very good for that. But like Jim is saying at the very beginning, you need someone to correct your mistakes early on. So you don't learn those mistakes and have to unlearn them. I um, agree. And uh, you guys being the musicians, she called absolutely the right, all the right ones. Right. But I feel in her energy, such conflict because she really does need the help. And I'm surprised right. that you said that her fiance is a musician. I think he should be able to understand what her needs are. They're right. not, they have different energy. He could be secure. He could be, you know, accomplished, whatever it is. Or maybe he had the initial training early on. She needs right. it. She really I, I, does. I think as men, so many times our mistakes in relationships is doing so much of what we think our partner needs. Like he may think that she needs support and he's telling her, I support you. I believe in you. You can do this on your own. When what she really needs is the support of, I hear what you're saying. You need a teacher and you need the personal interaction because that's what she's truly saying is I need the one-on-one. And, and that's what, that. right. And that's, right? you're absolutely right. That's what he should be supporting. Yeah, but I, I think it's not, coming from a place of, of, of support where he feels like he's supporting her being independent and learning on her own and that he believes in her. And what she's saying is, I need a teacher. Mm-hmm. I need a, a one-on-one right. interaction. And who should win yeah. that round? He should learn how to listen to her. And she should yep. do what feels right for her. Exactly. And I believe... Yep. 
she should have the training. Yeah. And I, I think in, in that situation, yeah, in that situation, you, you, the communication is what I need is this. And I appreciate you saying you believe in me, but I need, this is what I need. Right. And exactly. that's, you know, that, that communication, both of them need to make that clear. You know, I, I appreciate that you want to support me and you believe in me, but this is what I need. And he needs to say, oh, that's what you say you need. I support what you say, you know. But see, I feel energetically something a little bit different than that. Really? I feel, okay. yes. I'm not saying he doesn't support her, but, and I would love, she's not back yet, but not I yet. feel, I feel he is a bit of, he's, he feels a big, bit stubborn and he feels perhaps um, somewhat narcissistic where it's his way or it's no way. And I don't feel he's, he has, see, I don't feel the support. I don't, I feel he's using his model, which is I did it myself or I learned myself or Mm -hmm. I can do it myself. And he's overlaying that on her without any sensitivity or any real support for her. It, right. To me, it comes through stubbornness. Really? Okay. So I, I'm anxious to hear from I'm gonna her. Trust, I'm going to trust the psychic of this group. <laughs> and I'll defer yeah. to your I, expertise because I don't you. know. But I, <laughs> I, I believe what you said is absolutely the right thing, that that's part of communication. And it's not just men do it. People do it in relationships. Right. Just like even when you're giving a gift. So often people give what they want to give somebody rather than what that person truly wants. So then a gift becomes meaningless because it's not what the person wants. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's what you're saying is spot on. It's just, that's not what I'm feeling. That's why I'm, I hope she could, she calls back in. Go with that. (laughs) I always do. I always do. I support you a hundred percent. Is that her back? Thank you. I got your back. I think that's their is number. Is it her? Is that her number? Uh, yes, the 716 here. Let's get her back okay. on. Okay. Because I want Andy? her to hear um, right. from Sandy, you guys you everything you have to say. Yes, yes, and, and so correct. I, get, oh. I, I just feel honestly like, He's jealous and doesn't want me interacting with other people. Oh, that's because the I've gotten that on so many other aspects, right. and I know that's right. what you picked up on—that right. energy that you picked up on. The narcissist, yes, right. I knew Very it. I knew so. it wasn't what you were. I know you did, for. and that's why I sat I there listening. And <laughs> I was being hopeful. I was, I was being optimistic. We need I know, Paul. Paul said, I know you are. What Paul said was truly what we would hope for. But it's right, not what I was because Paul up. and I have known each other for years. So Paul, of course, is going to only oh, hope wow. for the best for me. Absolutely. And, and for your fiance. <laughs> I wish the best. Right. Of course. Of course. Right. But my feeling is just anything I do, I feel like <laughs> you're not pushed hurt, into do it yourself. Do it yourself. Right. 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 Not, do it yourself. Right. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. But I need that validation. I need to know what's going on. And. 
Honestly, well, is this going anywhere? Sandy? <laughs> I know I, you I, hate those questions, but is this relationship going anywhere? Oh. I will answer that, but I want to make sure you hear from these two musicians here really what their professional opinion is as far as what right. we should okay. do. I will answer your question. But, Jim, go ahead. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I learned the guitar uh, and learned classical guitar all by myself. Never took a lesson in my life. And I don't play well. When you when I'm looking at the way <laughs> when I look at the way people who have been playing guitar, classical guitar all their lives, they hold the instrument differently, they hold their hand differently. Everything I can see that there's differences in technique that are holding me back. But that's what I learned. That's the way I learned it. Right. right. So so the the trick is the very earliest thing you want to do is have someone watching you and correcting you while you're making mistakes so you start to get a body sense about how that works. Otherwise, right, you, have to, you have to unlearn yeah. the mistakes and then relearn how to do it right, which is right. Really I don't even know how to hold the saxophone correctly. Yes, that's, oh, that's I don't even know how to do that correctly. You, and you can do some of that to some extent <laughs> with Facebook. I uh, sorry, with with uh, YouTube training certification, but that isn't going to be uh, uh, as good as having an individual actually watching you and saying, oh, I, I, "I see what you did there. Look at your breath." I have a voice teacher right. who bugs me all the time this way. Now you didn't open your mouth big enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can always open jaw, my mouth. Fill your jaw. <laughs> so, Extend yes. that jaw. Lick that Good. tongue. <laughs> take, take the lessons. Ignore what your fiancé is saying, and, and you will be happier with what you end up with. Thank you. I definitely support that as a sax player myself. Um, there's a, a lot you can get from YouTube, and it's something that as you get into an intermediate phase, you can combine a, a lot of YouTube videos with your teacher um, so they can correct okay. your mistakes. Um, but right. don't, be a, yeah, don't be afraid to um, look at beginner sax uh, videos on YouTube and embouchure and all that stuff, and you'll find that 80 or 90% will all be saying the same exact thing, so you'll know that that's, you know, what to go right, with, right. Yeah. and then have a person. And I'll call you for personal tutorial. Well, I'm no expert, <laughs> so I, I, would, I would not give you advice as a sax player, because I, I, do, I do know <laughs> a sax teacher. I do know a saxophone teacher. He's a jazz player. He's very good. Well done. Wow. So if you, if you want those lessons, you can reach me through Paul, or you can you can contact us okay. through the, the email. Great, yeah, yep. I do. I really do. If you're in the it's Buffalo area, it's like something area. I strive for since and, I was in high school and played the flute. I've always wanted to play the saxophone. I didn't want to play the flute. I got pushed into it. I was very good at it, first chair for many years. But the saxophone was just so sexy to me. Oh yeah, such great one. notes. Such oh my god, so beautiful. Right. Well, if you're in the Buffalo area, I think Jim Renfola is still around. You remember him from? No way. Yes. Um, check oh, with him. He's my God. Yeah, he's one of the best. Um, he's on Facebook. Yeah, I too. know. And then you'd have a, a personal connection too that. Oh, you know, definitely. Very personal connection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, go for it. You could definitely. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like, like uh, Lady Fontaine and, and Jim are saying, uh, you have to take care of yourself and follow your gut. And that's the first, the first thing is, uh, you yep. know what you need. You need the the face to face, right. the one on one personal interaction, and no matter what anyone else t tells you, 
your your body and your mind are telling you what you need. So you got to go with yes. that. That's the first Thank thing. you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. But, but Sandy, it. you asked a bigger question, and you said, I don't like those kinds of questions. Actually, with all the dialogue that we've had, I do like those kinds of questions. It's oh, just okay. like when somebody, when somebody calls and says, what's going on with Paul or something? Like, that, <laughs> nobody cares. I mean, you need right. a story. You've shared your story. <laughs> All right, so I actually feel that the dynamics of your relationship, because I do feel inner conflict oh, with you. Um, I do hear, I do feel inner conflict with you. I feel that his lack of getting you and lack of hearing you and lack of supporting you the way you need to be supported actually causes inner conflict with you. And I do feel anxiety. Do you? Are you aware of that? Oh, okay. Think, hello. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Okay. No, I missed it. I got muted. Oh, all right. So what I said was, uh, well, where did, did you, did you hear any of it? I caught off with um, the meeting, you know, him not knowing and understanding. Right, right, right. And I feel within you in inner conflict and in anxiousness in you that right. you don't feel heard and you don't feel that he gets you. So I really feel starting to support yourself, like Paul said, and starting to honor yourself and doing what you feel is best for you will start to change the dynamics of the relationship. It could, you know, cause some conflict in the relationship, but the end right. result is that you are going to be happy with you. Right now, right. I, I feel a sense of you feeling <laughs> That not being heard is truly not honoring yourself. So once Correct. you start honoring yourself, either he's going to shift and change and start honoring you, or you guys are going to decide, is this really what Part you ways. want? Right. Is this right. really what you want? But if you learn how to honor yourself, that parting of ways is going to be a relief or it's going to be effortless. It's Correct. not going to be... It's not going to be tremendously painful. I mean, any breakup is not right. pleasant, but you're not going to feel right. devastated. You're not going to feel like, um, oh, I've lost the best thing in this world. You're going to think that, no, you know, I did what was the best thing for me. And, and I took and, the best step forward. Right, right. So I feel it is Wonderful. about it's learning. It's really learning how to honor yourself. Um, and I, I do feel in some ways you guys, your energies overlay nicely, but there's a lot. And I believe that you care. You both love each other or care for each other a great deal. But I do feel conflict, and I do feel a t an emotional tug of war going on with the two of you. Yes. And I, and I believe, yep. I was just going to say, I believe you, you're aware of it as well. So mm -hmm. I believe yeah. that is this go, where is it going is really up to you. Are you going to stay in the relationship because, you're in it and you're afraid of losing it or do you want to find happiness? And that's up to you. Right. Right. But Finding happiness is the key. You. Right. But it right. starts with you and yes, letting somebody else dictate, dictate to you how to live your life when you don't agree with it is not the way to move towards happiness. It's not. Right. 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 Well, thank you all so much for your time and your, expertise and you're letting me know with feeling what I'm feeling and getting that I'm not the only one in this. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Paul. 
Thank you for calling in. It's good to hear you. And I will definitely get a hold of Jim Runfolo. Yes. Yeah, find him on Facebook. He's around. Okay. Thank you good all luck. so much. Have a wonderful right. evening. Care, Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You know, bye-bye. bye-bye. Do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of a good friend of mine um, just got a motorcycle this week, and he, he got a beauty. It's a limited edition of a BMW. It's a beauty. Um, and he used to, you know, have dirt bikes and all this other stuff 10, 15 years ago, and he hasn't really ridden in a long time. So uh, I said to him, so, you know, have you thought about taking the motorci- motorcycle safety class? He goes, no, I've been watching YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is not the same. I would never ride with him if he paid me a million dollars. You wow. would not find me on this guy's bike. And I keep on saying to him, so are you going to take the motorcycle safety class? So he, he's, he's going to the BMW has some sort of orientation. He says it's all elect electronics nowadays. So he's got to learn that part of it, but there's a lot of other things that he said, well, you know, like I've been watching how to do turns on YouTube. That's great. <laughs> That's great. But then you have to actually go out and do those do turns it. with he an says instructor. He'll go practice. Right. right. He says he'll go practice. And he, he does have experience, but I think it's a look for, a couple hundred dollars, you take a one or two day class and you get that under your belt. Plus, right. it's easier for you to get that, whatever it is on your license, um, if yeah. you've taken the class. At least here in this state, they say all you have to do is show that you, you've been certified in that class and you have to take the written part of the test, but not the actual driving part of the test right. for the motorcycle. One of my favorite musicians was the drummer from Rush, uh, Neil Peart, and he was a, a writer as well. And he wrote um, a couple books about his experiences as a Harley rider going cross country and really doing the long drives. And one of the things that really surprised me about some of the, the books that he was writing was he, at his advanced level of writing, he still went and took track courses and, and he, he continued right. to learn and he was always like i learned so much and he's been riding for 20 25 years i learned so much from this course and being out on the road with this new knowledge and how it you know it's an evolving process it is yeah. when, and i have met people who have gone back to that class many many times and they yeah. probably have more advanced classes as well it's just like the shooting i took the basic class right. then i took the concealed carry class and I still don't feel, even though I, I, I shoot great, I don't feel confident with it. And I went and I asked them, what other classes should I take? I'm not, I don't want to take the um, active shooter class. You know, I, I don't, because they have you crawling on the floor and all that. <laughs> you don't, don't want to get dirty. I don't think I want to do <laughs> He has an outside range. I don't think I want to do that. But because, you know, he says, you be prepared to like crawl around on the floor. Forget that. There must be other courses. And they said, even if I retake the same class, I'll get something different out of it. And I think that to be good at whatever it is that you need to learn, you do need some input and feedback. Like when I, on the concealed carry class, um, I, I, what did I have? My, I think it was my knee that was bothering me. So basically they give you a location. There's no tables or anything to reload. So 
I couldn't bend down with my knees. So I would have to run over. They had like this um, like bookcase kind of thing in the corner. So I would run all the way over there, put all my, my rounds, my ammo and my magazines and reload. And then I came back over and they said, all right, you missed this because you were busy over there. Shoot right. three, th- shoot three rounds. So, you know, I position, I aim and I shoot. And the instructor was, to my right behind me. And he goes, did you see that? And I go, what? Cause I was just bang, bang, bang. I just wanted to do it because I was holding the class up. He goes, you hit the same spot in your three shots, the same exact spot. He was wow. blown away. I know I'm good at what I do, but my friend with the motorcycle I just told you about, he's also, he has a shooting range and he teaches and he worked with me so extensively before I took that class that I right. went in there knowing how good I was. I mean, he had me on the bed. Someone's coming in the front door, grabbing a gun <laughs> on my side. <laughs> Every situation that could possibly. <laughs> right. Right. But I think the training and the feedback, like if I'm watching a YouTube video, is there somebody there that's going to tell me if I'm doing this right? No. Right. There's no. nobody there to tell no. me. So I agree with what you said. You need that. Plus, they're going to say, like, like I have the shoulder issue. So they might say, all right, we'll do this instead. You know, right. so mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, even though I don't always have the shoulder issue and I didn't have when I was taking the class. But if I did, I'm sure they would have said do something different because I did have the shoulder issue when I was practicing down at the range. And the guy was saying, well, then try this or try that. And he had me do, I forget what that other position is where you have one foot in front of the other rather than having being square, right? you know, and that put, that actually took pressure off of my arm and my shoulder and I was able to shoot. Right. So that's what you get from, from having an expert teach you. Yep. I think it was three years ago. I bought my first firearm. I bought a 22 and I didn't shoot it for a year because I was trying to take the hunter's class. And I finally got online and took this hunter's course. It took me about six weeks to complete it. It was every type of firearm. It was the history of conservatives, conservationism in the state, where the money goes. And it's like it, the, the oh, level geez. of depth that this course well, taught, as well as every type of shooting situation, every type of hunting situation I don't know, before I even picked up the rifle. And then when I went and shot it, I shot it. You nobody were phenomenal. Else around. No, yeah. you were phenomenal. It did really you well. Showing us those cans. I still won't shoot with anybody else until I take a course with a, an instructor. I'm still waiting for that, going to a range with somebody and really having that feedback. But right. just before I, I, I didn't go out and shoot on my own until I did my homework. And I felt comfortable with, you know, I, I put my time in. I put 40 hours right, in right, of study exactly. and videos and right, tests and right. everything before I, I would even lift, you know, that, that gun up because it was like, this is serious. You know, I'm not going to mess around with this. This is serious business, you know. So It is. I, was, I mean, yeah. it is. I, I think about that um, little girl that shot the instructor, and that was not the little girl's fault. That was the instructor from I've spoken to people about that scenario and the, that person was not trained, right. They were on the wrong side of her. I mean, everything that they did was wrong. Um, But you have to be careful. A firearm is a firearm, 
But right. I remember the videos that you took when you were shooting for the first time, and you were amazing. Thank you. I mean, whoa. You yeah, were really I was, good. Well, the shotgun's even more fun because you, you can't miss. <laughs> oh, really? See, I have never shot a shotgun. Although oh, my I God, a shotgun's so much fun. It's like really? short barrels. The one, the one with a short barrel, you can't miss even better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, one of the, these days. The I, I really could, I, I, I want to do that. I haven't done it, and I would really well, like to do it. Well, next time you come up, you can shoot my 12-gauge. because that's <gasps> I would love to. Right. It's oh, so my much God. We have a range over near us, a blue line range. Uh, if you guys wanted to schedule a time when you're in town, Jill. That would be a lot of fun. Do we it. could go as a group and uh, uh, afterwards Let's go to a bar it. and have a good time. Yeah, I not before, that. Jim? Not before? Not no, before. no. I won't even let people. You guys don't drink. Well, you don't drink if you're if you're on a motorcycle. I don't no. let people drink when they're on a motorcycle. Oh, or I won't ride with them. If your hands are busy on the handlebars, right? you can't, you no, can't get I us mean, to the helmet. I mean, sitting at a bar and then like, going. Go strong? You know, I won't, because I won't. I absolutely won't ride with anybody. There's too much you have to be aware of. But yeah, yeah. now we, we have to plan something anyhow when you get less busy, Paul, where I will come back up. Right. And, you know, we'll, now I have several dog sitters lined up. So, okay. Okay. right. So I, I shouldn't have the problems I had before, though, because I'm going up to Wisconsin in a couple of weeks. I don't have a dog sitter, so I got to bring the dogs again. <laughs> <laughs> what but part of Wisconsin are you going to? Um, central part of Wisconsin. I don't, I don't, we we've, uh, we spend a lot of our summer vacation there every year. Where? Oh, is Elkhorn. that where you go? Elkhorn, yes. Uh, where Wisconsin. is that? It's near uh, Chicago, maybe 45 minutes west. Oh, all right. See, I don't know where this is. It's All I know, it's central. Yeah. Um, they they love to in Wisconsin. You'll have no problems finding yeah. not there. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but I'm so, like... You know, I, I'm going to do some riding when I'm up there as well. Yeah. I mean, that's not why I'm going, but um, I yeah, will do riding when I'm up there. Yep. I know. All, I know. Yeah. I've been told there's some curves, but don't expect yeah. the mountains. You have to hunt them. And it was like two minutes. <laughs> two minutes of mountains. I know. Yeah. Like, well, when I was in Indiana I mean, the other, you know, last week yeah, and the week before. Yeah. It is, but we found some really nice country roads. It was a pleasant ride. It really, yeah. really was. Wisconsin's so I beautiful. did enjoy it. I've never been there, so I'm excited yeah. about going. In Good. the fall, I'm going again, which is just a riding thing. This is a visit, and we're going to go riding as well. Um, you know, yeah. But a, a colleague friend of mine is going to bring me over crates and everything. So, And the dogs will be with me, so it's not like the last time. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> so speaking of upcoming trips, I have a friend who wants to go to New, New, Nova Scotia with me. Ooh. I want to go to Nova Scotia too. I have a friend there. Well, Where get are your you motorcycle. Going? Yeah, well, we haven't got it scheduled yet, but we're thinking maybe June or July. Um, we're gonna we're gonna head up to Bar Harbor. There's a ferry that takes you across from Bar Harbor to, to I am so to envious. Nova Scotia. You mean Bar Harbor? And, <laughs> and and uh, I know my kid went to school there, and and drops us off in Nova Scotia, and then we're going to head up Nova Scotia into Cape Breton, and then we're going to go loop Cape Breton and come back down again. 
It's incredible. It's uh, oh, incredible. my God. The black flies are just be careful this time of year. They're the He's worst. Going in the I've, I've got windscreen. I've got windshield. Yep. They're nasty. <laughs> I've been there once, and the, the roads on the coast are just – that's where they shoot a lot of those car commercials that you see with yeah. the – the winding coastal oh, roads, yes. stunning, and the food. That's the plan, yeah. The food is so great. It's the Ar- uh, Arcadian, 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 uh, the French Acadian, um, yeah. just real hearty fish soups and everything. It's uh, I love. Oh wow! It's I wanted beautiful. to go so bad, but I'm not going to have a motorcycle that quick. And training. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> then I would I fly up. I'll fly up and I'll meet oh, you there. Well, and then I can go riding with you. Oh well, yeah, there's a possibility. There's a possibility. We'll see how it goes. Oh, I love this. Have, plan. have you ever ridden with Jim? Because no. <laughs> I don't think you should. I I told you about you my bike. No, what? I'm saying the the way I, you guys you guys bicker <laughs> like an old married couple. I don't think you should be on a bike together. <laughs> Well, there's that. In a ditch. She's, she's, used to, she's used to a guy that likes to slow down on corners, and that's not me. Nope. No. That's oh, no, no I've ridden with a lot of other people. Like oh, when okay. I rode on that 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 first Goldwing I rode on, I was actually nervous. He was going so fast. He didn't slow down for anything. I mean, no. it, and we were on a real winding road. And I don't ride with that person anymore. So the people I'm riding with now ride normal. <laughs> you know, like they go, they go around curves and they go right. fast, and it's a whole different scenario. When yeah. I was when I was in high school, we were in a, a little car with my football coach, and it was a little stick shift, and he was taking corners in in the city, right angle corners, accelerating into them, and uh-huh. it was to the point where he was like, we were flying across the back seat, and I was like, Coach, what the hell are you doing? He's like, you gotta go, you gotta accelerate when you go into the corners, or you don't have any uh, control, you don't have any grip. I was like, yeah, with a race car, maybe, but not no. in the city. <laughs> but with a motorcycle, yeah, you don't, you don't want to break going into a corner because you he, don't oh, have, you want to have does. acceleration, otherwise you yeah. won't have control over that rear does. wheel. And, and that's why we always would be way far out. And yeah. not do tight turns. Right. But yeah, I've ridden it. with other people in the past few weeks. So I, and actually I'm meeting some people down by, almost down by the tail of the dragon around Memorial Day. And this really nice guy, I mean, just, I put it out on a motorcycle thing. Is anybody heading down there that could take me, you know, I could hitch a ride and he's the nicest guy. I mean, he's engaged. He's not looking for a date or anything. I mean, the nicest guy. So I'm riding down to the meeting point. So, cause we're going to do tail of the, the dragon and I haven't done that Tarahala skyway yet. I never did. Am I pronouncing it right? Tarahala? I don't know. I don't, um, I have never done it. So I'm excited about doing it and the tail of the dragon and it's, then work our way back up. Okay. Sounds so great. I'll, I'll be busy. So do we have anybody else that um, – No, so we got a Saturday afternoon, so the calls are a little late today. We, we, had a, we had a few. They came and they left. So I guess they didn't uh, like the topic. <laughs> I, don't I don't believe that. Did we really I don't have either. a, it's a good, it's a good topic. It is it a is good a topic. It is a great topic. 
It I is. Know, like, Do you we know, have any other questions about it? Or I think I like, I'm not an expert on it. I'm learning about it. And I think it's yeah. a fascinating, it's actually fascinating. I mean, if we look at this dismissive avoidance, people with this attachment style can sometimes seem distant. People with a dismissive avoidant attachment very, a very weir- are very weary of commitment to relationships. They might uh, say that they don't want to get tied down. Partners with a dismissive avoidant attachment style can show their independence through preoccupation with hobbies or work. They might maintain a busy social life with acquaintances that do not involve their romantic partners. You know, and so that's basically everything we said. They're going to avoid dealing with the relationship. Right, right. Um, they may present themselves as cold or aloof. I like that. I think and it also says, um, you know, uh, uh, passive-aggressive or display more narcissistic tendencies than people with other attachment styles. Yeah. I find yeah. that a little bit surprising. I would think that they would be more distant well maybe that is control and that's how they control and manipulate through avoidance sure but that's yeah because the avoidance makes them superior so positions them that way but this is interesting you're right this particular thing now has a fearful avoidance so they they're saying that there's many different styles within the See, the fearful avoidant is what I usually pick up in people, that they get mm-hmm. scared, they get too close, they get too open, they get too vulnerable, and they're not used to it. So so many times when I'm reading, I'll feel that it's almost like as soon as somebody starts stepping forward and opening up, I can feel that instantaneous shutdown. It's not mm-hmm. even a day later, or a week later, or a month later. It's that minute. As they're opening up, they're shutting down. There's a yeah. part of them that that wall is coming up, and they're already starting to pull back. And when I mention that to clients, and I say, do you see it that quick? And they say, yes. Mm-hmm. Literally, they see it the, almost the, you know, the instant that they open up, they're shutting down. That, to me, comes through as fear 90% of the time, if not more. Sure. Yeah, I mean, on, on the one hand, you're you're being driven by your by your need for social interaction or for inter in, you know for intimacy to the person, and at the same time, something comes up and says this is dangerous. Right. So. They want it. It's just like people who deal with abandonment issues. They mm-hmm. want the contact, and when they put themselves out, then they get scared and they start testing people or pushing people away in right. order to test to make sure that this person is there and durable and unfortunately that breaks down the ties of a relationship in time as well i mean dealing with uh someone with abandonment issues is hard it's a hard thing but i see that very similar to avoidant if not the same It, it it yeah um I guess it depends on whether it's a matter of power or a matter of fear, you know? Because if I need power over a person, then I'm more of a narcissist. And if I'm afraid, it's it's more of, you know, I just, I have a bad history. Right. And that's basically the way they're breaking it down. This particular um, uh, 
researcher is breaking it down into that more narcissistic versus that more fearful. But ironically, when I pick up energy, it's usually that fear that I feel when someone starts pulling away. I mean, I could remember feeling those narcissistic tendencies in certain people, but it's usually fear. You know, relationships are tough. How many times do you not, do relationships not work out and do people get hurt? And that's unfortunately what people hold on to. And unfortunately, they don't always work through it. They end up suppressing it. And if you suppress it or repress it. You just make it worse. Yeah. Do you know what the difference is between repressing and suppressing? Uh, I would love to hear your explanation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but Jill, but if, it's re- a, if, if it's a dictionary definition, he's going to counter it with something. I'm going to nail it, yeah. Well, he's going to counter it anyhow. <laughs> repressing is a pattern. When you repress, it is a pattern. It's a, a pattern of pushing things away on a regular basis. That's how you deal with things. When you suppress an emotion, that's in the moment. That's not your style, but in that moment, for whatever reason, you suppress a certain feeling or emotion. But repressing is a pattern. Okay. It means you tend to repress, and you're not in as touch a, with those emotions. A, you repress as a, them. As a rule instead of as a, as a one-time situation. Yes. Or, or as it comes yeah. up. Right. 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 But that's the difference. I mean, they mean the same thing, but it's the frequency and how you do it. Like some people are so out of touch with themselves that they can't deal with anything. They just push it away. Or I can't tell you how many people say to me, well, I just put it in a neat box and put it on the shelf. And they're, it depends. They could either be repressing or suppressing depending mm-hmm. on if it's a one one off or if that's their pattern. Most people, it's their pattern. Most people repress. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, so when I want to talk politics, I guess that's probably suppression then. When I don't want to well, talk politics. Well, you don't want to talk. <laughs> right. Well, well um, yes. I would say so. <laughs> but lately it's repression because you don't want to talk about it at all. No. So I would say you're repressing at this that's point. A, now it's a pattern. From your perspective, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's healthy. My wife would say differently. <laughs> I, would, I think that's healthy. Don't don't talk about politics. It's a good thing well, to avoid especially it. Especially nowadays that it's yeah. it's, it's Too tough. Much. I mean years about years ago it didn't matter because oh, people no. could meet in the middle. Oh no. When I was when I was a kid, when I was here we go. When I was a kid, I remember my parents saying, "Don't ever talk about politics or religion at the at the table." Right. Yep. Oh, at the ever. table. Right. Well, I, actually, they meant anyone there where there were guests there, but that, they, especially at the table because that was the time I was around the guests usually. Right. But it was it was just you know when there are people there you don't know you can talk to don't talk to them. And they used to always say that, but it wasn't was, like it was like it is now. Now it's so crazy and well, divided. I think we're, we're so much more polarized now, and this is—I've said it over and over again—that the 24-hour news cycle has created these for-profit uh, companies that oh, yeah. have to fill 24 hours with news, and they have to sell the ad time for. And in order to do that, they have to polarize viewpoints in this country so dramatically so they can get these viewers and it's all based on fear and outrage on the right, right. and the left 
And right. that's the problem. I think our country would be better served if we made news companies not nonprofit and you can't, you can't make a profit from it because that's where uh, it, that's drives, it drives the messaging to make us divided because the people on the, on the extremes are more easily um, made angry and offended and upset. People in the middle don't get upset so much, but on the far right, right. and the far left, they're angry about everything. And over here, I'm making money off these guys. Over here, I'm making money off these guys. If I can just keep them tuning in and I feed their outrage on both sides, and it's all about money and it's ad dollars. Yeah, that's, but that's it's more opinion. than ad dollars with the activists and the you know special interest groups and all those things. It's coming from more than ad dollars. People are getting paid off and... There's there's a lot of stuff going on way beyond ads, and yeah, that's I my think, psychic opinion. I think that the the bottom line is that money is driving it, and it's driving outrage yeah. on both sides of viewpoints. And I, I yeah. feel like that we should be coming closer to the center. And I feel like on both sides of every issue, people are so far on the fringe. It's just like we're not going to become. You know, America's supposed to be the melting pot, but the joining together, the uh, the sharing of ideas, the compromise, we're so far from that because I, I really think it's just money. It comes down to who can make I agree. money off money. of people being upset all the time, and it's exhausting. It it's is exhausting. exhausting. Oh, I've, got the, I've got a simple answer. Don't do what watch. I did. Yeah, do what I did. Just stop watching. Stop listening. Right. But I think entirely. the bigger thing is get my life of- has My life has changed entirely. I no longer have, I don't even understand what you guys are talking about because <laughs> that's a distant memory. Right? It's gone. I don't yeah. feel that, 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 that schism. I don't feel it at all. I just feel there are people around me and I'm enjoying them and they're enjoying me and we're fine. Right. That's the way the real world is. But yeah. that's going on in the news is, is not at all real. Yep. Not at all. I think, I think having supermarkets with empty shelves and gasoline at six and seven dollars a gallon and inflation sky high is real mm-hmm. it is so so even though you're shutting out the news we're still dealing with really a lot think, of a yeah. lot of stuff i yeah, mean people the i forgot the exact number but uh foreclosures last month they said increased by 181% or some astronomical number like that. Yeah. I guess we're being shut down, aren't we? Looks <laughs> like the show's over. Wrap it up. We've got two minutes left. All right, let me see if I can find the script here and uh, where my role is here at the, the end of the show. It's there right. somewhere. Just keep scrolling. I found it. <clears throat> Thank you to all our listeners and viewers and those who called in tonight or listened to us here on BTR or watch us on live streaming on social media. We enjoyed hearing your stories. Be sure to either follow us or or like us on Facebook and YouTube. Our next show is Saturday, May 14th. Our topic is techniques to heal your past. Have any suggestions for show topics? Email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram with your suggestions, testimonials, or just to say hello. Don't forget, if we use your topic's suggestion for an upcoming show, you'll be automatically uh, eligible for a 15-minute psychic reading with Lady Fontaine. Please visit uh, at ladyfontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. Again, I am a 
testimonial to that. Uh, for those listeners in New York, visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. The website is eastwesthealing.info. And this Facebook page is forward slash East West Healing Arts. Good night and have a great weekend. We look forward to seeing you on April, oh, not April, May 14th. 14th, yeah. Okay. Good right night, here. everybody. <laughs> Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.